Hello again and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and as always I'm joined by Harlequin and England World Cup winner Rachel Burford. We've got lots to talk about this week and of course we'll have the biggest names joining us on the pod. So far on the WRP this season we've heard from players and coaches from all the home unions and the US and New Zealand as well. And this week we've invited an Aussie along. Yes, we have invited the multi-talented Chloe Butler. We'll do our best not to mention the result from the Men's World Cup, of course. But then again, I'm sure we might talk about it with our other guest. That's right, we will be joined by Sarah Hunter, Captain Fantastic. So all of that on the way, but how are you? you got the boots on, you actually played. Yeah, I know, I finally got them on. A bit of rust, rubbed it off and got out there, yeah. Had a little stint at 13 um, down at the Stoop, which was a great place to, to start back again. And what was it like after after the summer? As you say, a bit, bit, of, bit of rust there. but uh... Yeah, I think because I've been doing lots of kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, still been like watching all the training, is, you know, it helps that I'm not that disconnected, which has been really useful. So stepping on the pitch wasn't too, too much of a challenge. Um, and also I think we probably... Expected more from Bristol, uh, and Bristol probably expected to to play a little bit better than they did. So for me, the game wasn't that physical um, because I was at 13 as well. I only touched ball a couple of times and only made a couple of tackles. So came off feeling fresh as a daisy, which is unheard of. You little shelf said you went and did weights on Sunday. That's ridiculous. Uh, You're in a 13 shirt, a little bit different from what we normally see from you. How do you enjoy that? Yeah, um, I think it was just to bring a bit of balance to, you know, obviously we've got um, a phenomenal back three, um, Heather Cow, Jess Breach and Chloe Rowley. So we just kind of thought, you know, maybe if we've got two extra distributors at 12 and 13, we might be able to get the ball to them a little bit more. And and luckily, you know, they, they showed what they can do and they got on the scoreboard, I think, one each. Yeah, boy, did you get it to them. Um, all, all of that on the way, uh, of course. But uh, let's just catch up with some news from around the Oval World. The Farrah Palmer Cup final is this weekend between Canterbury and Auckland. Predictable final, most people would say, but uh, almost wasn't. Counties Manukau were leading in Christchurch until four tries in 11 minutes saw the Cantabrians remain on target for a third consecutive title. In the other semi-final, Auckland were too strong for Wellington to reach their first final since 2016. We wish both teams the very best of luck, and especially to our friend of the pod, Kendra Cottage. South Africa have won the uh, African Olympic qualifier in Tunisia, but it will be Kenya that will go to the Games after the South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee confirmed prior to the competition that the box would not be allowed to attend. So the Lionesses are now the eighth team to have booked their place in Tokyo. And Karis Williams, Loughborough in England, centre has taken the decision to break away from rugby to complete her initial officer training in the RAF. We wish her well. We do wish her well. Um, you know, from my point of view, it's going to be great not seeing her blitzing in that channel that I like to pass into. <laughs> but no, um, wish her all the best. Well, speaking of Loughborough, we are almost a quarter way through the uh, Tills Premier 15 season now. Uh, Johnny, you were at the game, Wasp versus Loughborough. How was that for you? Any insight you can give us about Loughborough? Uh, we had four seasons in one day, a few microphone issues. Um, but on the field, uh, was a little bit underpowered, missing a couple of internationals. Uh, there's some training camps and injuries as well. But I was impressed with, with, with Lightning. It's the first time I've seen them live. They were physical. They were accurate. Uh, their set piece was on point. But most of all, they were really composed, really assured. Hmm. No surprise then <laughs> that Sarah Hunter had returned to the side. And that's exactly what she brings to the side, of course. And uh, it didn't, didn't take her long to, to make her mark with the, with the opening try from a, a driving scrum. But in amongst those those 
incredibly experienced heads. I mean, you look at that that midfield they have: Katie Daly McLean, Helen Nelson, Emily Scout. Over two hundred caps between them. They've got a load of youngsters as well. I was really impressed with Morwenna um, Talling in the second row, and Amelia Harper, just nineteen years of age, scored a couple of tries and was player of the match as well. I know that you know her. Yeah, I know her and her, and her mum and her sister. I've done a little bit of coaching with her sister before. And um, speaking to um, Amelia's mum, actually, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was at, randomly at an event that she was at, and she was talking about how Loughborough have actually changed up their style a little bit, how they're going to play, and it will really suit Amelia. On to some of the other results. Field Waterloo 3, Surrey 73. Champions continued their perfect start to the season. Yeah, that's completely expected, I think. you know um, That's a really good result, considering the travel that you have to do to get up to Waterloo. Um, and potentially conditions probably weren't that great for them. But yeah, that's an, a result that we probably would have expected to see. Result that uh, would have pleased many down in the West Country. Gloucester Hartbury, 53. Worcester didn't trouble the scorer. More of an 80-minute performance of Gloucester Hartbury, I understand. And Joe Yap's first game, she said post-match, lots of learnings for her. And they need to start believing in themselves. Yeah, I mean, they're a young side, aren't they? So you kind of, that confidence can be knocked, especially early on in the competition. Um, but look, we knew that Yappy isn't going to have the, the straight impact after one week, but there's definitely some good stuff that's already coming out of that camp. Richmond stayed another double header at the Athletic Ground. We really liked those. They uh, hosted Darlington Modem Park Sharks, went down 26-5. Impressive muscular performance of DMP. Yeah, this is a huge win for Darlington Modern Park. You know, on the road, travelling down to Richmond, it's not an easy place to play. Um, I know that both teams going into this game were targeting it as a win. Um, so for Darlington to come away and, and to, to beat them convincingly, but, you know, and only letting five points in is really, really impressive. And, and we keep talking about this team and how um, on the uprise they are. Yeah, good bonus point win for them. Uh, and you guys... Harlequins against Bristol, 47-0. Some tries by your pals, uh, and that try uh, from Chloe Rowley was part of an incredible back three. Yeah, um, look, I think with Bristol, they, they clearly struggle without some of their Welsh players involved, which they were away. Um, they had an international training weekend. Um, so the side was quite young and new and inexperienced. Their back line was not one that has performed together. Um but at the same time, you know, Harlequins, we went out there with a plan to, to win and to play well and to execute. And our back three absolutely delivered for us when we, you know, we talk about giving them the ball and the opportunity. Uh, and then their part is to finish it. And uh, yeah, Chloe Rowley's try. I mean, her feet are just, they're just ridiculous, aren't they? It's like sort of cartoon roadrunner, isn't she? She's one of those computer games, you hit the button even faster and the legs go quicker. She's incredibly yeah. quick. But even more pleasing, I would have thought, for, for Karen Finley and Gary Street, your co-head coaches, with the fact that you nailed them. Yeah, I think, you know, last season, it's been a big thing for us about looking at our defence and being relentless consistently. You know, it's easy for during that 80 minutes to have a lapse in concentration and, and allow an opposition to get an easy try or a well-worked try. You know, we were in our um, camped on our line at times, but we showed great discipline and great relentlessness to get off the line and go put pressure on them. I'm Katie Dealey McLean, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Okay, let's get to our first guest this week. Later on, we'll chat with England skipper Sarah Hunter, but first to an Australian lock and a very busy lady. Coach at Guildford RFC, Harlequins and Wallaroo number 113, Chloe Butler. Very good afternoon to you. Oh, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Our absolute pleasure. 
First thing I've got to ask, just let's just get it out of the road now. Um, did you watch the quarterfinal at the weekend? <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't. I, um, yeah, I had a mix of days and I thought it was the same time my girls were playing, so I didn't even schedule it. And then when I realised, I, um, yeah, the worst was already over and I, I thought, well, is it not too bad that I missed it. <laughs> Oh well, that's fair commitment then. If you're you're you're, you're doing other rugby things while it's on, that uh, that shows great commitment for the game. Probably a good thing you missed it as well. <laughs> no, yeah, I know my um, my heart breaks obviously. For our listeners, they won't be too aware of what how Australian rugby works and how you get into it. And I know your background isn't directly into rugby, but can you give us a bit of a flavour of Australian rugby and how people can get involved in it and and what's it like? Australian rugby, so when you're talking rugby in Australia, you have to say, well, union. Um, I mean, in general, they'll say footy, which is league, and then rugby is generally referred to as union, actually. So, yeah, you probably said it right. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of other competing um, forms of rugby at the, and contact sport in Australia at the moment with the rugby league and AFL. So, um, in terms of getting involved um yeah the women's game is really taking off and they have started making some great initiatives for the women's game um they introduced the super w, w series last year which might have been the end of 2017 season obviously because they're um yeah different times to us um and um yeah that's a five round series um with just your regular teams that we had in the national series, which is Queensland, New South Wales, um, ACT, WA, and Victoria. Um, so, yeah, in, in comparison to the Tyrrells and what England's doing and what you guys are doing over here in England, you can see that difference already as the five-round series at your national level versus Tyrrells, which is, what, around a 20-round series, you know, competing with everyone in the country. So, um, yeah, at, a, at that um, level, you can see how much or less depth we have in, in our rugby in Australia. Sevens is obviously hugely popular. Um, we already had our uh, touch rugby, which was really huge, and its presence was already, you know, created and established. So then when sevens kind of hit the mainstream, they just kind of took the cream of the crop of all those players in touch and um, their skills were so easily transferred into sevens and and that kind of just took off without um, much round, groundwork, so to speak, because touch had essentially done it all for them. So, yeah, they also um, created at the same time as W uh, Super W Series, the Aon Sevens, which has been really popular, um, which is a sevens tournament in all the universities in Australia, well, mostly the main ones. And that's attracted a lot of international players, which has obviously been great for our game to get that, um, yeah, extra competition at, at our grassroots level. So, yeah, they're definitely getting the ball rolling. Um, so just, I think, a few years, unfortunately, behind England, which is um, obviously what drew my attention and brought me here. We talk about coming across from different sports. You started in track and field. You had a little dabble in American football lingerie in the States. Um, I mean, what brought you and why did you come to rugby? And can you tell us why you've stayed in rugby? After, yeah, running from my country and playing American football, um, returned to Australia for a boy. Um, long story. <laughs> and um, oh, just missed... You are... <laughs> I also needed friends and I was like oh my god like I'm missing sport in my life 
I just googled rugby and Parramatta came up and yeah down I went and um it was actually it was um yeah heavily <laughs> populated by Pacific Islanders so I was the um, only white girl there and they I had a name I think it was Balangi or something they called me um <laughs> and yeah it was, so what does it was that mean Chloe? Right? It just means white, white person or white girl, I think. Okay. <laughs> no, just they always use that name around me, Balangi, Balangi, this, Balangi, that, and I was like, I'm Balangi, aren't I? And they laughed and said yes. But um, and that was just it. They made me feel like I was their sister, like I was family, and mm. I'd never had that. Um, really, Gridiron gave me a little bit of um, yeah, of a taste of it. But coming from individual sports, I was a gymnast prior to track and field, so. Um, coming from individual sports I've never had that camaraderie and then I was like oh my god I love this and I'm never leaving you progressed into the famous golden green jersey I mean do you have some like favorite memories or games that you've um, taken part in that you can share with us Tatafu Politanao who now plays at Leicester Tigers it was actually his sister who taught me everything I knew in about 14 months and she said to me, um, you know, there's a spot in the Australian team at number eight and I think you could do really well at it, you know, potential of getting a spot. And I just, yeah, pinned my ears down and um, pinned my ears back, I should say, and, yeah, head down and, um, yeah, got a spot in the Tri-Nations and then the World Cup 2014 to go to Paris. But um, it's funny, you know, I was on the bench. Obviously, no one knew me in my... my um, my county side, what you'd call it here, where you get selected to go um, into the Australian team, play at nationals, the state team. Um, yeah, I was on the bench and I got called on for the final for the last maybe 15, 20 minutes. And I thought, right, if this is all the time I'm going to get, I'm just going to be a right menace and just cause havoc while I'm out there because otherwise I'm never going to get a look in and I'll yeah, that's what I did, and everyone said to me, like, oh, my God, Chloe, you were such a punish out there today. <laughs> like, so that was probably a memorable game for me. And if we fast forward now, Chloe, to your, your time at Harlequins, how would your Harlequins teammates describe you? Would they still call you the Punisher? <laughs> no, they call me Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> and, and are you enjoying your time here? I've, I've evolved so much, um, rather than being maybe an individual athlete who was ticking boxes in my earlier years to now really appreciating and and now um, really passionate at coaching and wanting to give back and help other people um, better themselves and become, you know, resilient and strong people. Chloe, it's been lovely having you on and thank you for sharing an insight to Australian rugby and also um, your pathway into it. Um, and may we wish you well, you know, still playing at Harlequins but also on your coaching career as well. So thank you very much. Oh, thanks so much, guys. I am Chazelle Mather, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Now to our second special guest, a back rower who started her rugby career as in the back line. Uh, our pod is only half an hour, so I'm not sure we have time to go through a full intro of her achievements to date. Uh, a member of the Order of the British Empire, 116 caps, 66 of those a skipper, double grand slam champion as captain three world cup finals with that win in 2014 the list goes on and on and on good afternoon sarah hunter hi guys how are you 
I'm very well, thank you. How are you all? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. You've just just left England camp. Uh, must ask you, how was it? Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, had a sort of day in yesterday, um, just running through some um, moves and uh, installing some some learning stuff because we um, went against some boys this afternoon um, in their training. Uh, so it was really good to, to put things into practice that we've been working on over. Uh, the last few weeks and sort of the build-up and preparations to the autumns. You obviously got through that, uh, like you got through, um, what was it, 40 minutes of the weekend against Wasps? Yeah, I was done and dusted after about 10 minutes, but uh, managed to, to get through to, to the half, um, half-time half whistle, which obviously was quite pleasing on sort of the return from uh, injury. Yeah, yeah, good to be back and, and good to be in a side from, from for hours stood on, on in commentary, uh, a side getting some consistency going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had a bit of a, a mixed start um, to, to the season um, at Left for Lightning. You know, um, had DMP got a got a, a win there, but it wasn't comprehensive by any stretch of the imagination. Had a disappointing result um, away to Bristol, and then almost uh, capitulated against Saracens, leading seventeen 0 at half time and, and lost. So it's it's been good to get. Um, sort of back-to-back performances and put some consistency that have been sort of glimpses um, throughout the season all ready for, for Saturday when we take on, on Quince. <laughs> Which we're looking forward to. I mean, um, have you come out unscathed in all of those? As I remember, you always being tissue paper skin and ripping your knees open all the time. <laughs> yeah, so far. I think maybe as I get older, my skin's getting a bit more tough and um, and rubber-like, so uh, it doesn't actually um, split so much. So uh, I've managed to, to last at least 40 minutes without um, any stitches or any headbands uh, to have to put on. So hopefully that will continue for, for the rest of the season. And obviously we're making the trip up to you this weekend, but I'm always, I always wonder this question about you since, because I know that on an England bus you're very particular about where you sit on match day. Uh, are you the same on um, the Loughborough bus? Are you turfing out the young kids out of that back, That what's it, the fourth chair back or something like that <laughs> is that yours and claimed for good do you know what I love for it I always sit on the opposite side of the um, bus and I don't know why but also I was quite particular until the semi-final last year and then when we came down to you guys like I'll, I'll admit that if someone was in my seat it was a member of staff so I didn't feel that bad and I was like uh, um, would you mind if I actually sat there because I've sat there with the rest of the season and it's a semi-final and I don't want it to impact that and obviously the result didn't go away so um, so yeah on the away trips this year I've mixed it up and moved around so uh, maybe that will um, stand us in better stead for, for hopefully if we reach the finals and then further and is that going to leak onto the England bus or are you going to stay true there <laughs> oh, now you're getting nervous <laughs> aren't you now, now I'm starting to get a feel a bit, a bit funny maybe <laughs> Try it. I, mean, I could try it, like embrace it a little bit, and uh, maybe maybe move one seat back now and gradually edge my way further back and back. I mean, you started to change a little bit, didn't you? We we did make you come and sit at the back of the bus with some of us on on the day before game day, just to try and mix it up and try and get you out of your shell a little bit and away from that that seat. Yeah, you were very welcome. You know, I felt a little bit more comfortable um, going up there, apart from when I um, forgot my boots and had to run back just into the hotel and get them. Oh, that, that was, was a little bit stressful. <laughs> yeah, you got a bit of a, a bead on, didn't you? Sweating, trying to run back to get your boots. I mean, England captain shouldn't be forgetting stuff, should she? Nah, I think um, 
it's the one and only time, and I think uh, really? by Mitch's reaction, <laughs> I um, probably won't be doing it again. Did you get fined for that? Did you get fined? It's probably at the end of the season. Um, I got a lot of stick for it for the, the remaining few days about when we were leaving and match day. They're like, have you got your boots? I'm like, yes, I've now got my boots. They haven't left me since that uh, <laughs> training session. And who else is on the back of the bus? I'm dying to know. But it's like, uh, Poppy, uh, Poppy Mommy, Bots, po- yeah, Poppy Cleal. Rowdy um, ones. Yeah, Natasha Hunt likes it back there. I mean, Katie, Daily McLean, gets herself sort of edges further back. I think she likes to feel like she's cooling down with While she's so. reading her book, though. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, since if we can, like, rewind the time now, obviously Johnny read out that amazing career that you've, you're still going with at the moment. I mean, I remember playing back against the old North team back at South East versus North at those regional tens tournament. Um, I mean from where you've started and how you've progressed through your career, I mean, what was special to you back then when you were starting out um, playing rugby? Yeah, I think um, for, for me it was about the people I played with. Um, like, we had such good camaraderie about being in the north and I think, I guess, because everywhere we went seemed so far away, um, we had great like minibus trips down with each other and we were just a, a really good um, group of friends that um, loved playing rugby and I, I think they're the really strong memories I have of, of growing up um, playing rugby as a, as a kid and I think that's the reason why I probably continued like I, I was all right in it but I, I think it wasn't just the fact that I I was quite good I, I I really love playing the sport and to this day I think that's the same thing of, of being in a team with the people you enjoy spending time with when when you're not playing as well and um yeah we have I've got some great memories from from those uh tennis tournaments and playing in purple back then even before I joined Leicester and stuff um, and I think also being a being a northerner you almost have that because not many things come out of the north I don't think so whenever so whenever we actually um like crossed the time bridge and and went on a on a trip down to play some of um the more hotbeds of of rugby at the time I know it's very different now it's all more spread out but there wasn't there wasn't much rugby on it up in the northeast and I think that was almost pleasing to think that um we were we were growing a sport um up there that actually not many not many um females played at the time and so as you're touching on that we might as well go there now um you know obviously Newcastle last week announcing that they're interested in the Tyrrells Premier 15. I mean, does that make you start looking to creep back home, potentially? (laughs) um, It's really positive and it's really exciting that um, Newcastle Falcons are a side that I grew up going to watch and and supporting throughout the years has decided that they want to they want to invest in women's rugby and I think that's a real positive that we're seeing now widespread of of more established premiership teams and clubs going actually we want to be part of this exciting journey and um yeah i mean I, i'm very happy at, at loughborough at the at the minute and and where that's going with obviously my playing and, and coaching um so you know hey they have to get a, a bid first and then um i'm sure they've got i'm sure they've got a, a plan of what they want to do um anyway so who knows where the future will lie so it's, I, I wanted to know, I mean, we t- 116 caps, 66 of those as captain. 
um, from the outside as a, as a broadcaster, your, your level of performance hardly ever dips. W what has motivated you for 116 caps? What motivates a person for 116 caps, plus all the club stuff you play? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question in terms of... I um, I just love playing for England. Like, it's such an honour. And I think it drives me for um, to want to continue because I don't... I don't feel like I've reached my potential as an individual individual player. I, I think I can be better, and I know I can be better at certain things. And I think over the time, I've I've maybe had to change the game slightly and get and with sort of younger players coming through that really challenge you. Like I, I'm not ready to to give up an England shirt yet. I think you're a long time retired, and I think that's a bit that that motivates me as to, to how can I be a better player not just for myself, but for, for the England team. And I think there's so much potential within the team that we've got that it that's, that excites me about where this, this team can grow in, what we can go on um, to do. And, and I want to be I want to be part of that. Um, and I think that that's what gets you to those gym sessions and those extra IDP skill sessions that we that we now have to do. And um, I don't think that will I don't think that will change. And there'll obviously be a moment where I'll be like, you know, I've had enough. But but I just don't I just don't feel like uh, that's that is that time's there yet. I mean, that's an incredible mindset to have since considering you've been World Player of the Year, your, you know, your career to date has been incredible. And the sheer fact that you're saying, you know, you're not the complete product and that you've got more and, you know, you have got players, you know, chomping at your heels with Sarah Beckett and Poppy Cleal. But, you know, what are the things that you think that you could get better at and, and where could we maybe see you, you know, over the next 18 months improve on? Yeah, so I think um, for me there's probably... Um, a couple of um, places. I think um, in terms of how, like, in terms of my attacking play, so obviously and how we want to play, rather than just being like this ball carrier that, like, we'll, we'll carry hard and we'll get us, like, on the front foot, like, how can I adapt that so actually looking for passes or can I get through contact and look for, for little offloads, those sorts of things, just so you're not just predictable or like Sarah Hunter, she's going to carry, I just have to tackle her. Um, so making the, the defenders make decisions and helpful with some of, like, the first up tackles in terms of low, making them more dominant, um, those sorts of things, uh, just... Obviously, now being a, a threat in uh, being an option in the the lineup, just making sure that's really consistent in terms of um, that. If I am that option, I can produce in the ball that we then need to play off and um, having to call the lineups in Ireland because we lost um, Scotty and so we are now down to our third choice caller. Just making sure that I'm confident in those areas so that if that does happen again, then actually that's not then impacting the team's performance. I mean, like I said, it, it's an incredible mindset, and I'm sure it it rings throughout the the England squad. Because, I mean, hopefully, we're, you know, I've got a bit of insight now to what you're going to be trying to do at the weekend against Harlequins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just led you down a path I like, there. I like, I like the work that bit. <laughs> and so, obviously, like we're drawing close to autumn now. Um, it's literally just around the corner. I mean, the camp must be excited. Players must be keen to get back out there after the autumn. You know, the the result against New Zealand, you girls just want to get back on the on the horse into winning ways. Have you got like some key focuses that you're going into into the autumn series with? Yeah, I think um, 
for us, we were we were disappointed, um, not just with the result against New Zealand, but the manner in which it happened. We were like certainly second best, um, and outplayed by by them. Which, as a as a team, and uh, like you never really want to be saying that after a game. Like you never want to lose, but you never want to lose because you haven't really played well. And I think that was obviously the last time we played in in an England shirt. So I think that's been a real. Um, real focus for us in terms of well how do we get better if if we're going to be facing the, the top sites in the world on a regular basis how do we ensure we don't put a performance out like that again so we've been working on some things that actually what what is it about England and how we play now like what's what are our super strengths and how do we impose them on a on a team that where we want to we want to beat so um, we've we've really probably learned or trying to learn from the summer and like almost not change how we play and who we are but just fine-tune certain areas so that actually like we're we're really confident and we're really direct about just what the what this England team is about and how this England team plays whereas I think maybe at times we've probably just lost our ways and tried to be everything like can we can we fine-tune it pick out what our super strengths are and then go in um and then go and exploit that. So can I, can I ask you, what, what do you think you bring to the role as, as captain? Yes, um, it's a great question. Uh, I think probably over the years, like experience, um, and I think I'm, I'm quite a, a calm person, um, and I can probably just be a bit more reflective um, on what's happening, whether that's in the game, um, I'm quite objective on things uh, and I think that comes across and then I think in the way I, I, where I play I might not um, be this like emotive speaker on how you get players motivated for, for a game and a, church, a Winston Churchill speech before a game or anything like that but I think in terms of how I play the game in terms of that leadership style of like like by leading by example I think that's probably more how I am as a as a captain and Biff may or may not disagree with with that at all and I think it's over the years just just being comfortable to stay in true to, to who you are rather than I think in the early days of captaincy you never really get any like um lessons in how to be a captain so you've got to try and find your way a, a little bit and I think almost you well, I felt I tried to maybe, oh, well, this person like Daisy or Sue Day did it this way and Katie Daly team was like this and I have to be that and I have to be a bit of that. And actually, the best advice I got was like, just stay true to, to who you are and hopefully now as I'm a bit older and wiser, I can understand that a little bit better. Who gave you that advice? Um, I can't remember who that was now. Oh, brilliant. Really, well, that's really bad, isn't it? Do you bring memory to that's the role as well, then? That's really bad. Um, I, I, the other thing I wanted to, to ask you, you are the smiliest rugby player that I know of and always <laughs> always have been. Do you, are you talking about calmness in, in captaincy then? Do you ever get annoyed? Do you ever you know, stub your toe or and then effing blind for 10 minutes or trap your finger in the car door or something like that? And do you ever get annoyed with anything? Yeah, I do. do. you know what? I feel like I've got more annoyed as I've got older. <laughs> I've become that grumpy old person. Um, I think I've just got a good way of, like, 
deflecting it on the outward, like inwardly, I might be really annoyed um, and get agitated about things. But I feel like I can I can hide that the times I need to be, and then at other times when I am, like need to to show that anger or aggression or disappointment, whatever other sort of emotion that is, I think I can do that. It's just managing when that that time and place places. No, I agree with all your points that you're talking about there. You know, captaincy can be quite a lonely place and finding your place in it. Um, and look, I agree with what you're saying in terms of how you lead and deliver. You always, you know, I talked about you being under pressure with other players coming through. And I think you're probably one of the, the players that always consistently plays really well when you're under pressure. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen you not so calm at some points, especially early mornings. You don't particularly like those, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not my favourite. <laughs> um, I think the other one the other time we see you grumpy is when you're always last in the physio room getting every part of your body strapped up <laughs> has that changed that at all yet? <laughs> that literally and then probably people are throwing a few uh, uh, slide jumps in there as well That's, and I'm like I've still got like a minute to get out to training and I'm still being stopped and I hate being late for anything <laughs> um, so yeah uh, so yeah, there are times, Johnny. You just haven't been exposed to those times just yet. Yeah, and then since just to look at like the the wider part of the game now. Obviously, you've been involved from so long now, and we're seeing so many changes and develop. I mean, the Lionesses recently selling out Wembley. I mean, that's remarkable. I mean, do you, do you think you know we can get there? And what can we learn from football to keep growing our game? Ah, oh, it's absolutely incredible. Um, when I saw it, I couldn't quite believe it. Almost had to like double a double reader and double check um, but I think we can learn so much from them and it's almost a case of actually to accelerate where we want to get to I think we have to we have to understand almost the pitfalls and the traps that they may have fallen into in their um, in their sort of transition from amateur into the professional world and into the place that they've they've got now obviously football's a very different sport in the men's world as well compared to um, men's rugby but I do think there is a, a real appetite for um, for women's rugby and I feel like we've only just sort of scratched the surface you look at the, the ten and a half thousand people that came down to Sandy Park where there's a reason they came like and how can we how can we sort of take that and go and replicate that um, around the country but I think more so than that I think there's a responsibility almost for our premiership clubs because if we develop the, the club level and the appetite for fans to go and watch them then that's gonna gonna come down um, to uh, to the England side as well but I, I do think we we can get to that it wouldn't be amazing to say we've sold out Twickenham Stadium on a standalone event where we're not having to do a double header with, with the men I mean that's the ultimate dream I think for for someone to to be part of and be involved in um, how quickly that can come I think depends on how much we people want to buy into that and how much we can get sponsors on on board commercial on board media on board because it, I think that's what has happened with um, with the Lionesses and ultimately that's come from success so then that comes down to, to us as the Red Roses that if we can keep being successful and and winning games and tournaments, hopefully that can can drive that end as well. 
Sunter, you, you speak as well as you play. Uh, but we, 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 we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll, we'll let you get back on the road. Uh, but no, thank you very much for admitting you're getting more annoyed, admitting that uh, your <laughs> face is getting more like leather. Um, England captain Sarah Hunter, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me on. Cheers. Take care. Bye. How wonderful is she on and off the field? Yeah, she's lovely. I mean, what you see is what you get. You talk about the smile on her face. She does always have that um, calmness presence around her. Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, she's been a remarkable player and she's still going and still going very strong. And, and I mentioned that she does have, you know, a couple of young, very talented players, you know, at her heels but what one thing Sarah does do every time she's put under pressure to perform she absolutely goes out there and delivered amazing to hear um, that even with all those accolades that she still thinks she's got a lot of room to, to move as a player upwards yeah absolutely I think players like herself stay in the game as long as they have because they have that mindset and because they constantly think you know where can I go next what else can I do how can I get better how can I improve already where I am and you know, players like that will stay in the game for for longer periods and will ha keep a legacy. And off the field, is she as smiley and, and lovely <laughs> as she comes across? Yeah, no, she is. I mean, tell us about the early mornings, though. I want to hear about those. Oh, uh, she's just a bit, you know, a bit grumpy, a bit slow to get going. Most forwards are in the morning. Um, I think. <laughs> um, no, she is always really smiley. She's one of the the jumpiest people you could ever meet. You could literally be standing next to her. She knows you're there and you go boo and she'll scream. She's one of those. So I think, you know, somebody who goes out on the pitches and is an absolute warrior. We talk about her t tissue paper skin and you know, she's always got her head bandaged up or stitches in her knee and stitches in her head. And, and But then if you're standing next to her and say boo, she will literally jump out of her skin. Yeah, I've seen that on social media. Well, she was she was talking about uh, a love for there. Let's let's get into this weekend's fixtures. Round six of the Tyrrells Premier Fifteens. It's a third in a row live stream game. Uh, love for Lightning against you guys. Yeah, looking forward to that. You know, Quinns are going to be taking the bus up to to Love for Lightning. Obviously, they came on a, a good win at the weekend. Um, yeah, it's going to be probably Harlequin's toughest test. Um, in terms of physicality matchups, um, so we're looking forward to going there. And then, obviously, you, I've spoken about it already. You got Sarah Beckett um, playing for Harlequins and Sarah Hunter playing for Loughborough Lightning. So it'd be good to watch them two go head to head. And uh, the other side with a perfect start: Saracens up against Gloucester Harbury. Another interesting game. Yeah, I think this will be. A, look, I think Saracens have still got too much um, firepower um, and presence around them and, and Gloucester is still finding their way. You know, we've had Natasha Hunt on before and talking about how it's quite a young um, side who's still learning and still developing and I think Saracens have just got far too much experience um, and, you know, playing at home again is, is very good for them. DMP against Worcester. Um, I think, you know, DMP seem to be on a bit of a rampage at the moment. Um, so I think, you know, they're going to go there with all guns blazing, being really confident on their performance from the weekend. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what that result is again. And uh, Wasp up to the north, up to uh, Fieldwood Waterloo? Yeah, I think Wasp will be targeting this one. They've had a couple of, um, you know, losses in the last few weeks and they'll be hugely disappointed. Uh, you know, big loss for them was, you know, Harriet Miller-Mills, um, who's been a big ball carrier for them. But I think they, they'll be able to travel well, go away, and, um, yeah, they'll come away with a win. Bristol against Richmond, rounding things off. Yeah, I think Bristol, you know, struggled against um, Harlequins at the weekend. We'll be looking definitely to bounce back and, and to do their side justice. I think Richmond are at the moment, you know, they're probably hurting at the back of the weekend and um, losing to DMP. So it would be a um, pretty, pretty intense game, that one. 
Well, don't forget to watch the live stream game. Tyrrell's Premier 15 website, the England Rugby Facebook page and the YouTube channel as well for England Rugby. So that's all for this week. It's our thanks to our superstar guest, Chloe Butler, and captain, my captain, Sarah Hunter. And as ever, to producer Jez. Join us again next time when we are joined by more big names from around the world of the women's game. We'll catch up with England Sevens captain, Abby Brown, amongst others, to talk about the revamped series and, of course, the Olympic Games. And don't forget to subscribe, rate us, if you fancy five stars or do. Tell your teammates to do the same and get in touch. Tell us what you're up to. Find us, follow us on Twitter at Pod Women's Rugby. And remember, whatever you're doing to support the women's game, wherever you are, keep it up. Until next time. <laughs>